0: How do we know that God is the only true God? That there aren't other gods, that we're not super wrong, or that maybe somebody else is right? That's the question we're looking at today. Let's get into it. It's a really big question. How do we know that God is the only true God? That other religions aren't correct? that there aren't hundreds of different gods or 40 different gods or like whatever it is, right? That there's just one God, and he's the God that we talk about in the Bible, right? That's a really hard thing to answer, and we have trouble with it because we don't want to be jerks to other people who believe something different. But I don't think we have to at all. I've been a Christian for over 20 years, and in sharing the gospel and believing what I believe— it has never instructed me to be rude to someone else. Uh, It just hasn't, right? In fact, Jesus tells some stories that help us understand that we should be kind and respectful to other people who believe different things, right? Um, He doesn't really outwardly give a teaching on it, but it's instructive, the things that he does. So these two stories are Jesus, number one, is walking through a town, and he meets a woman at a well. He's walking through this place called Samaria, which is just north of Israel. And there are people who a long time ago had intermarried with Jewish people, but then kind of distorted some of the beliefs about God and believed these different things and added some stuff in. And the Jewish people detested the Samaritans. They downright hated them, right? They're not just intolerant of their beliefs. They wish these people did not exist. They call them dogs, and it is not a good relationship between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. But Jesus has to walk through this part to get to Jerusalem. He has to walk through Samaritan territory. So he stops and he talks to this woman, and he tells her all about her life. He tells her a little bit about him, and she is absolutely amazed at what he knows and does. He's not rude to her. He doesn't even condemn her for the sin that she's living in. He just says, "Go and sin no more. right? He just knows the truth, presents it, and and doesn't condemn her. And the woman is so blown away. She goes and tells people about Jesus. So there are all these people who don't know Jesus, who talk who are in a different uh, religious system than the Jewish people. And Jesus has a conversation with her, and other people come and hear the story of who Jesus is and maybe even get to become his followers and later become part of the church after he is resurrected, right? Like, think about that. Jesus, is that's a really instructive thing. He showed this woman respect and love and mercy. That's what he calls us to do with other people, too. Also, again, with the Samaritan people, the Pharisees are trying to get Jesus in trouble, and he tells them a story about the good Samaritan, right? He says, the Jewish priest and the Jewish temple worker pass by this person and pay this person who's harmed no mind at all. But the good Samaritan comes and helps him. He makes the Samaritan the hero of the story, right? Jesus here isn't hating these people. Again, the fact that he does that, I think, is really instructive for us so what do we do with this what there are people who believe different things in us there are people who believe that there's more than one god or that if there is a god he's not the god that jesus speaks of or talks about or the god that we read about in the bible what do we do with that right well i want to warn against the idea that we get to pick what we want to believe in uh That we can take a little from this religion and a little from that religion and, ooh, that feels nice. I would like to have some of that, right? Like, if we do that, then spirituality is nothing more than a golden corral buffet where we get to go and pick the things we like and leave off the things we don't. If God is really God and he really created the universe and he really cares about us and what we do, we don't get to come and tell him what the rules are. You just don't, right? If you're playing a sports game and you go and start arguing with the refs who know the rules and you kind of don't know the rules, like you just kind of like showed up and you've never played, like say you're playing football and you never played football before and you just start like running all over the place before the ball snapped and trying to like tackle the quarterback and you start yelling at the ref. It's like, that's not how that game works. You have to follow the rules. Right. And it's kind of like that with God. Like we can't just go to him and demand that he changes the rules. He probably made the rules for a reason. Maybe we should just be quiet and try and ask questions about why he made them that way. I think that'd be a better way to go. And also understanding that if we are Christians, it doesn't mean that we all have to be in lockstep and that we kind of like lose our identity and we become these like robots that blindly follow uh some random leader or teacher no we're following jesus and jesus gives tons of room if you just look at who his disciples were they were from very different places there were people who had worked for the roman government being tax collectors who were jewish and all the jewish people didn't like them to people who literally were in in like militias that were trying to get the romans to stop occupying jerusalem and and israel right that's Jesus had people of those two very different persuasions in his tiny group of, of close-knit disciples. So, again, we don't have to all be the same. We don't have to do the same thing. In fact, the New Testament is full of... of stories talking about uh, and teachings from Paul especially about people having different gifts and using them and all being different parts and having different skills and different personalities and but being part of one body working together there is nothing about following Jesus that makes us have to be like monochromatic um, all the same all right we just have to be the same in our desire to love God and love other people that's that's it so another thing I hear a lot of Aren't all religions basically the same? No, they're not, right? Like if you study just even quickly glance at like a one or two sentence uh, summary of a religion, you will see that religions are very different. We believe very different things, right? Um, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, just some of the really big ones, right? None of them, could you say, believe the exact same things. Now, Judaism and Christianity obviously are really closely together because Jesus was Jewish and he was trying to show people how God was working through things, but there are still people who believe that Jesus wasn't who he said he was and they're still waiting for a Messiah. So, this leads us to the idea of religious tolerance and we have to ask what the word tolerance means. Tolerance to me isn't a word that has a good connotation, right? It's kind of like if you have an annoying sibling and you tolerate them, right? It's like, yeah, they're there, but like we're not really best buds, right? Like that's kind of what that is, right? You tolerate something. So a definition for tolerance is the ability or willingness to tolerate something or put up with something in a way, right? In particular, the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with, right? That's exactly what tolerance means, just to put up with something that you don't really agree with. That's not a really nice thing, so I don't know why we act like, well, we need to be tolerant. Of... Like Tolerance is a low bar, I think. I think because of those stories we shared before about what Jesus did, we can even say that Christianity calls us to be respectful of people who believe differently than us. Because if we're not respectful, there's no way they're going to hear anything about jesus they're just going to hear the anger and hatred in people's voices if you're intolerant so while i agree we shouldn't be intolerant i don't know that tolerance is the highest bar right we should be respectful of other people and other belief systems but that doesn't mean that we have to believe the same things that they do and doesn't mean that we have to go around and telling them why they're wrong we just go around and tell them why we believe what we believe period right (laughs) That's how you do that and not be a jerk. You don't have to tell them they're wrong. You just have to say, this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. And then you just kind of leave the ball in their court. So, again, this idea of tolerance is really rough for me because it kind of leads to this overarching idea that happens nowadays called religious pluralism, which is just the view that everything is equally valid. That cannot be true, right? If something is actually true and something contradicts the thing that is true, they both cannot be true right there would be no basis for science if that was a thing you couldn't say this thing happens every time you do this if something else contradicted it like it just wouldn't work right um religious pluralism is self-contradictory right it would be there would be nothing that was intolerant so if someone believed something that didn't tolerate another belief it would be intolerant of you to not tolerate that intolerance I know, play that back a few times, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense as an idea, right? Pretty much the underlying thing and why people kind of fall into this is because we don't wanna be jerks, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, that's true. We don't wanna be rude to other people, we don't wanna harm other people. That's a good thing, but that doesn't mean that we have to say everything's the same, because that's really not true, right? Just think about uh, Hinduism and Islam, right? Hinduism believes that there are many, many different gods. And Islam believes that there is only one God. If you would say to someone of either of those faiths that they're the same or that they're equal, that's not being tolerant of them. That's, in fact, I think, being disrespectful to their belief. Because you're saying, ah, it kind of doesn't matter, so just be quiet. That's really what you're saying when you say that. So I think we should make sure we don't follow this tolerance, religious, pluralism Trap where we try and sit, make everyone happy by saying everyone's equal. Don't you don't have to say that you can disagree with someone, but you don't have to be rude about it. You don't even have to tell them why you think they're wrong, just make the case for why you think you're right. So, and thinking of that, uh, isn't it narrow minded to think that Jesus is the only way to God, right? Well, people are like, ah, that just makes me feel bad, and I get it because you don't want to tell someone that they're wrong. And again, you don't necessarily have to, but again, tell them who Jesus is and show them Jesus' words and ask, what if this is true? That's not rude. They could still get offended by it, but that's not your fault, and you didn't do anything super wrong. You just showed them a piece of information and given them the opportunity to make a decision about it. So, C.S. Lewis, again, a guy who wasn't a Christian before but became one, said this, Christianity, as a statement, which if is false is of no importance and if true is of infinite importance the only thing it can not be is moderately important right he's saying if christianity is true like it means everything and if it's not it means absolutely nothing but it's not in between right if it's true it's true it means something if it's false it's false it doesn't mean anything but it's not in between And Jesus kind of goes through and says this. His disciples are questioning him. We look at this in John chapter 14, verses 6 through 11. And I'm like, Jesus, who are you? And Jesus tells Philip, one of his disciples, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Hear that sentence. John is one of Jesus' close like inner three of the inner 12 disciples, of all the people that are following Jesus. He records this. He says that, right? No one can come to the Father except through me. Just hear that. And then he says this next sentence, If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is saying, if you see me, you've seen God the Father. Right? That's a big statement and a big sentence, right? And then Philip comes back and says, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Face palm, right? Right? Jesus replies, "Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father." Again, Jesus is equating himself with God here, guys. This isn't just some like cute little sentence or a cute little story. Like Jesus is saying some serious stuff that either is true or is absolutely not true. There's no in-between on this, right? Jesus goes on to say, So why are you asking me to show him to you, to show God to you? Don't you believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Jesus is like, okay, if you don't believe my words, if you've been with me this whole time and you don't get it, just look at all the miracles, the people healed, blind people, crippled people. Raising like people from the dead. They've seen this, and Philip is still like, ah, yeah, but where's God? And Jesus is like, you don't get it. Jesus is calling himself God in the flesh. He's saying it right there, very clearly to his disciples and to anyone reading that. We have to make a choice about that, right? So we looked at this really big picture, and we won't go through all of it here because it's cool to have a flow chart. But There's this thing called the trilemma that c.s lewis put together that jesus is either a liar a lunatic he's crazy or he's actually who he says he is he's lord but we added some extra things on there because i think it's helpful so you have to ask did jesus exist if the answer is no then he's a legend and we don't need to talk about this it's kind of made up and he's like a fairy tale he's a tooth fairy we're just trying to make people be good but that's not reasonable to believe, because there are not just the whole Bible account, not just all these people who gave their lives who lived at the same time Jesus did and gave their lives to say that Jesus existed and that he really raised from the dead. Not only that, but even historians who did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that thought he was a cult leader or something, they wrote about him because he was that consequential. It's hard to get your name in history back then if you are not a general or someone who is controlling part of the Roman Empire. It is incredibly hard. And the fact that many historians wrote about Jesus, not just one or two, but a lot of historians wrote about Jesus outside of the Bible can corroborate the fact that yes, he existed. So, if Jesus existed, um then what did he say? If he never said that he was God, then we could just say, "Oh, he was just a good teacher and a leader and Uh, An exemplary person, and we should try and follow some of his examples because he had some good ideas. But you just read right there what Jesus said. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was not, he was one of the only people um, in any of these major religions to make a claim that he was a deity. Right? That doesn't happen in Islam. It doesn't happen even in Buddhism. The Buddha didn't say that he was a God, right? Jesus does make that claim. So what do we do with it? The next th- step is, all right, did Jesus believe what he said? If he if he didn't actually believe it, then he's just a liar, right? If he just said, "I'm, I'm the son of God, I'm God, but he didn't actually believe it, he's just lying to everyone, right? But then all of the, again, all those disciples died because they couldn't say that Jesus didn't come back from the dead right? And if Jesus was just lying, he would have just stayed dead, and none of those guys would have given their lives. Like, not up to 14 of them that we we read about in early church history of, of those disciples and early apostles would give their lives for something that they all knew was a lie. Maybe one or two of them would, but not that many of them. There's just no way that all of them would be like, you know what, this is worth dying for, if it was untrue. No way. So, the next thing that we can say is, all right, Jesus really believed this, but it wasn't true. right? Jesus really believed he was the son of God, but he it wasn't true. If that's the case, then he is a lunatic. He's crazy. He's just a crazy guy who got some people to follow him and believe him, and that's what happened. But again, did he raise from the dead? That's the last question. And if it's true, if this thing is true that he said, if these words that we read in John 14 are true, and he came back to life, he is who he says he is. He is Lord. And I think that is super compelling. And there's tons of evidence that can prove that Jesus existed in the places he he worked in and his disciples and how they gave their lives. Like we can tangibly show all those things through historical accounts and archaeology. It's something that we can believe in. So, again, can you make someone believe that the God of the Bible is God and all of the crazy questions they might have after that? Probably not. That's really hard to do, but we can tell them about Jesus and just present this idea of, okay, let's look at this and ask all the questions about it, right? Pull it all apart. What if this is true? What does that mean? And just leave it in their court. We don't have to be rude or disparage what they believe. Say, this is why I believe it, and I think I have some good reasons for believing it. That's how we show people God's love. And That's how I know that I'm certain that there is only one true God, and it is the God that is spoken of in the Bible, because Jesus said that's who the Father was, and he really was who he said he was. Love you guys. Have an awesome week.